Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester, and with me, as almost always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? I'm excited for the AFC North because... I feel like there's the most animosity between the four teams in this division. I mean, everyone's lukewarm on the Browns, but I feel like the Ravens and the Steelers despise each other. Everyone hates the Bengals. The Bengals have like a slight inferiority complex and they want to be in the Ravens-Steelers conversation. Like there's a lot going on in this division, whereas like when you're talking about the Bucks and the Saints, you have to like make some stuff up. Yeah. uh, Well, Akiva, I I think the NFC East might give it a run for the money because everyone in that division hates everyone. Right, that's true. Uh, the problem is like they're hated more in the NFC East by the teams outside the division. Yeah, if that makes sense, it's like they could never hate them like each other as much as we hate them from the outside. Well, you know, but the, the Steelers and Ravens both are hated by most non-Steelers and Ravens fan bases. That's true, and the but Bengals... that's that's also temporary. Like we'll always hate the Cowboys and the Eagles, yeah. where the Ravens can have a yeah. face turn at a certain point. Yeah, I, I doubt that. They came into existence, stole a franchise from a beloved city, and immediately won a Super Bowl behind a murderer. Then mm, they embraced a uh, wife beater. Like, the Ra- the Ravens in their short history have had not a single year when they weren't hated by all of Wait, America. Can we talk about how Ray Rice still thinks he's making it back to the NFL? Yeah. <laughs> so does Mike Vick, who openly admitted that he wasn't trying for the Jets a couple years ago. Yes. So I'm not, I'm not sure why he thinks anybody should should sign him at 35. Yeah, Vic's been washed up for four years. Although I, I do like that he like made exactly enough money to pay off his like nineteen million dollars in debt. Nobody ever does that. Yeah. I actually give him some props for that. I mean, Mike Vick did play in the AFC North last year, but I think it's time that we start talking about the 2016 AFC North. Okay, who should we talk to first? Or or we could have like a twenty five minute preview like we did for the AFC East, which was the best part of that podcast. <laughs> No, I don't think we need to do that. Yeah, that's not fair. All right, so let, yeah, let's bring our guests on. So um, as usual, the plan is that we have four guests, one for each team in the division. Uh, the, the AFC North is a division in which there's only been three teams that have been relevant this millennium, though. And so we did have a Browns fan lined up, the same one we had last year. He had a dropout at the last second, so we brought in a new Browns fan who came highly regarded. But the factory of sadness, apparently Skype doesn't work there because he is unable to connect to our call. So, Akiva, you and I are going to have to preview the uh, Cleveland Browns Sands guest. And I won't say his name. I don't embarrass him. But our, our Cleveland Browns guest is uh, is not here. We'll give the Browns 30 seconds, which is all they deserve. Oh, yeah, that's is, fine. 30 seconds I can. I can yeah, use. so let's get, let's get through the Browns for 30 seconds. We'll be done. RG3, uh, they think he's the answer. Josh Gordon might be relevant in fantasy, but otherwise this team is completely irrelevant, right? Joe Hayden's the only player on defense anybody's ever heard of. What about Barkevius Mingo? Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. He's got a great name. All right. So I think we're done with the Cleveland Browns, right? Yep. No more Browns. Okay. Good job. Good effort. Okay. So, yeah. So let's move on to the three relevant teams in this division. Uh, and we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. Here to talk to us about the Ravens, as he was last year, was Michael Potash. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. You were uh, relatively negative on your team, considering most people thought they were like a Super Bowl contender last year. And then they ended up being even worse than you thought. Because so... I knew it was coming. I knew yeah. it was coming. <laughs> All right. And then here to talk to us about the Steelers as he was in the playoffs last year is Jim Hersberger. Jimmy, how's it going? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Pretty good. And then our Bengals fan, Zach Sosna. Zach, I think uh, this is, what, your fourth time on the podcast? Fifth time on the podcast? Something like that? It's my fourth time on the podcast. Wait, can I say something awkward? Zach, how do we know you again? From <laughs> RHAP, right? Yeah, through RHAP. Okay, okay fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if we were like old friends and I forgot. Uh. <laughs> Nah, you're good. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay, so so let's start with the Ravens. Michael, I will ask you the question that everybody wants to know an answer to. <laughs> Last year, Joe Flacco sucked. So is Joe Flacco a elite quarterback? I can't believe you're asking that. Hot takes asks me if he's an elite quarterback. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Well, last year he was very bad, even before he got injured. The rest of the offense, they were relying on Justin Forsett, who was pretty old. He was really, really good, obviously, in 2014. He got injured last year, and now it's, I don't know if it's going to be Javorius Allen or Kenneth Dixon. I don't know what they're doing in the running game. The receivers, yeah, hopefully they get Prashad Perriman back, but this offense looks like it's got a lot of trouble. So tell us, is the offense going to be improved on last year? I think I said the exact same thing last year. You know, NFL is a a game of the offensive line, and Joe Flacco is a guy where he has time, he makes great throws, and he can step into his throw. He doesn't have time, he doesn't step into his throw, and he throws stupid you know, toss-ups. So it's really going to be dependent on the offensive line. So we can talk about Ronnie Staley, if you like. We can talk about some of the other new guys. You know, every year, Ozzie Newsom somehow puts together uh, some wide receivers, and we kind of look at them and we go, if I'm an optimist, they're amazing. If I'm a pessimist, 
these guys are just thrown together. It's the same every year. And it really just depends on if Joe Flacco has time, I think. I want to try something new. I'm, I'm throwing curveball. Chester hates anything that's not right in his like exact wheelhouse of what we've planned. But I thought of like a, a good segment for tonight, and I'm going to throw it in right here. Because Chester likes to ask you a question about the offense and about the defense. First of all, Alex, are you even there? Did we kill you with, with like uh, our I think we killed Ravens talks? Yeah, no, I, I just I switched rooms. My wife banished me to the bedroom, and the internet there was sucking. Oh, so usually it's the exact opposite, by the way. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Wait, hold on. So the Browns fan says, give him one more chance. So I'm adding him one more time. <laughs> that's, it's like the real division. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Start. Does, does he really need help? What a stud. Someone's got a lot of background noise. I don't know if it's a, a fan or... The new guy has his AC on. Tell him to turn it off. <laughs> It's hot in Cleveland. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that a show with uh, Betty White? Okay, so we're going to start with the Browns, but Renan, with all due respect, we're going to be brief on the Browns because they haven't been relevant in this division for a long, long time. So you tell us why we should spend more time on the Cleveland Browns. Tell us why the Browns are going to be relevant in this division this year. Or if you think they're not, then tell us they're not again. There has never been a year when the Browns could be any less relevant. <laughs> this is a year of, of no expectations, of no pressure. As far as I'm concerned, our Super Bowl is in week one. If we can beat the Eagles, a team whose draft, number one draft pick we have in 2017, there's no coming back from losing, from losing opening day to the Browns. Uh, <laughs> we can beat the eight. If we can, if we beat the Could you imagine Robert Griffin coming into Philadelphia being them week one? If we can beat them, I don't care if we go one and 15 the rest of the way. Let the Eagles suffer. We'll end up with two top five picks in 2017. So, yeah, guys, I don't take it personally. That's a hell of a speech. With the Cavaliers, you know, winning the finals, I assume you're a Cavs fan as well, right? Look, the factory of sadness, you know, it's not so bad when you got to pass by the Larry O'Brien trophy on your way down there. Yeah. So, so I guess that's why you're in such a good mood, because I haven't heard of a Browns fan in this good a mood in, in years. Guys, 1.3 million pessimists turned into believers overnight. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, an incredible, it's an incredible thing. When Kyrie tears his ACL during the uh, <laughs> semifinal 30-point loss to the French basketball team in a few days. They already, they already won, though. Yeah, but I'm saying that's, like, that's it. I feel like they, oh. they're on – this is uh, the Renato, deal with the what about, what about those people whose Nothing houses are right behind the Browns' training facility who, like, all their windows getting broken by Aaron RG3 passes? Hey, look, I'll take it. At least – I mean, that's better than what we've had previously. At least he's got an arm. Yeah, will uh, Josh I mean, will Josh Gordon play this year? Bennett, you know what? That's another. That's going to be another interesting game. Week five in Cleveland, New England at Cleveland. You got Brady coming off his suspension. You got Gordon coming off his suspension. Yeah, why those are e- those play? are equally big stories, I think, nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. I think he will play a little bit, guys. This is an expansion roster. What can I say? <laughs> Look at the de- look Courtney at the depth Brown? chart. You got you got Terrell. Hey, I got a Courtney Brown jersey. That 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 thing that thing never gets old. I'm looking at the depth chart. Terrell Pryor is our number one receiver. What? Is Wait, that true? Serious? That can't it be true. Ohio State I mean, quarterback. He's he's opposite Corey Coleman. But yeah, look at the Browns depth chart. You got Terrell Pryor as the number one receiver on the. I don't know if it's the left or right what? side. Are you saying we should all draft Terrell Pryor really high in fantasy? <laughs> I don't know about really high, but maybe, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round. A little, well, little can you explain action? why they drafted Corey Coleman in the first round ahead of all those other receivers who were higher on draft boards like Laquan Treadwell? And I think it's a Baylor thing. This is The Browns are Baylor by the lake. Josh Gordon, Robert Griffin, Corey Coleman. <laughs> Watch out if you're down there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they, maybe they thought that he'd have good chemistry with Robert Griffin. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the Ravens now. The former Akiva, Browns. You, you, want, you, you, you wanted to intru- – yeah, the former Browns. <laughs> yeah, I was going to introduce a new segment. All right. So, Michael, I want to know your top five Ravens. I feel like we get a better feel for a team, especially like maybe it would have been funny to do it with the Browns so the Browns guy could think about it and he could give us a rapid fire after uh, the other three teams have gone. But uh, I, I think you get a good feel for a team when you hear, like, who's, like, the core of the team. And if you haven't heard of, like, the third and fourth players, like we probably won't for when the Cleveland guy goes, I do think it's, it's very telling for how the season's going to go. So can you rank your top five Ravens from one to five or five to one now? Give me five. All right. 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 It's a great question to ask somebody with no preparation, Akiva. Listen, I like putting people on the spot. 
No, no, I can answer. I, you know, but like for, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, right? Like a guy like Terrence West, who's a hometown guy, who's kind of thought of at least a while back as an explosive guy. Like I'm pretty excited to see him play. Sure, but if he's best. in your top five, you're going four and twelve. Like they did no, last year. No, no, I know. I'm just qualifying. Yeah, no, I hear. I, I hear. would rank. Is this former Cleveland Brown Terrence West? Yeah, <laughs> he was. Oh, yeah. good lord! Good lord! Wow, maybe we finished third. Wow, Terrence West this stinks. All right, I don't. Should I? Is this the the Ravens guy time? I'll be quiet. <laughs> who 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 am I to trash talk a Ravens fan? That's not right. <laughs> hey, their, their basketball team hasn't won anything since 1977. So. <laughs> Sorry, Browns guy. Actually, um, wait, were the Bullets right. in Washington or Baltimore? What? When they won the title? When they, when they won the title with Alvin Hayes. Or was that when they were called like the Capital City Bullets? Are you asking me? I'll let, I'll let you guys figure this one out. I have no idea. This is a 1970s NBA podcast, by the way. All right. Sorry. So, Michael, <laughs> let's hear. Who are the five best Ravens? All right. Well, Flacco is obviously up there. Uh, Suggs, uh, CJ Mosley, Jimmy Smith, and Doomerville. Ooh. All right, so T. Sizzle's coming off an injury. I feel like I should call him Sizzle. I mean, now I, again, I don't know how to answer ballers. this question. Are we talking like, yeah. know, who, it's a tough question, right? No, like, that's a good answer. I, you, think, like, I think. Michael, are you watching Ballers, by the way? No, I don't watch Ballers. Oh, because Sizzle Unless is a uh, starring character in the season's show. All right. I'll think about it. Well, Michael, you do have one thing to hang your hat on. A couple of weeks ago, Keith and I, I, I did a ranking of every team's first round draft picking over the last 25 years, and the Baltimore Ravens have been the best. First round draft pickers over the last twenty five years. Yeah, that's why I've been relevant. I better know the worst ones. Yeah, and Renan, this will you will hate <laughs> to hear worst? this. <laughs> I think the Bears were thirty second. Yeah, the Browns were very close to the bottom. But the craziest thing is yeah. that the Browns were terrible from nineteen ninety one to nineteen ninety five. Then the franchise moves to Baltimore. The exact mm. same brain trust is there, and yet instantly they become really, really good. <laughs> oh, that you know. They just draft one. Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Ogden was in there. Yeah, the whole de- I mean, then the whole defense, obviously, and then we're going in, in the beginning of this, this century. But, you know, you got, you got Ray Lewis and you got Ed Reed and, and Peter Bolware, I think, was like late, 97, 98, something like that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure the Browns had terrible draft picks from 91 to 95. They did draft a guy named Michael Jackson, though. You guys remember that? Number 80. Sure, of course, Michael Jackson. Yeah. He was uh, a Raven. Chris Berman would say he he every <laughs> time he caught a pass. It was very annoying. <laughs> yeah. All right, this podcast is off the rails. So, so let's come back. Tell me, baby. Is the Ravens' offense going to be better or worse this year? Or you're, or you're saying it's totally up to the offensive line? Well, Flacco's going to be playing. He didn't play the second half last year. Yeah, but in the first 11 games last year, they were really bad. They were 3-8 and eight or something with Flacco. So you're asking me if they're going to be better than last year. Yes, they're going to be better than last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, right? I mean, I mean you're going to get a full season out of their starting quarterback. Is Steve Smith going to make it through the season? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay. I don't think he, he's not injury prone. I mean, he had. No, I know. But, uh, he's also year. old and retired last year. Yeah, he. I, like, I feel. I don't want to see. I don't want to see yeah, another you retirement know, tour. For and me. your it's, other options. I mean, it's Mike Wallace who has been washed up three teams ago. It's Brashad Perriman who you know the the next snap he takes will be his first you know in a regular season NFL game. Yeah, but compare Steve Smith's center of gravity to all those guys, and, <laughs> and don't underestimate center of gravity in football and in, injuries. Right, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> he didn't like my answer. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> Jimmy, obviously when everybody's you know, healthy and running on full cylinder and not suspended, the Steelers' offense is probably the best in the NFL. Uh, certainly at the skill positions. That's I agree. Case. Certainly at the skill positions, that's the case. Ben Roethlisberger, over the last couple of years, has unquestionably been a top-five quarterback. Le'Veon Bell, again, when he's healthy and not suspended – which will not be, at least to start the season, is probably the best all-around back in the league. Your receivers, Martavis Bryant out for the year, but you still have, you know, Antonio Brown alone gives you a great receiving core. The offensive line is average at best, but so tell us for a second, you know, this offense doesn't have all their pieces right now. So with the current guys that they have, including, you know, starting week one without Le'Veon Bell, and as we said, without Martavis Bryant, what are you expecting from this offense the first few weeks of the year? Well, I think we're going to do well. Like you said, Antonio Brown's going to be there. Sammy Coates is a guy that's really underrated. I don't want to say underrated because he's still like maybe a second or third year player, but I think he's going to step it up this year and kind of fill in for Martavius Bryant. D'Angelo Williams is an excellent backup to Le'Veon Bell. Toussaint, who did well the second half last year, is going to be there as a running back. They have Daryl Richardson, too, as a third stringer. 
which is probably like like you said, Le'Veon Bell is going to probably be out the first four games. So Toussaint and Richardson are going to are going to probably spell that for the first four weeks. Um, and then you have Big Ben, of course, who's you know three Super Bowl appearances, two wins. I think he's like ten and one against the Browns at, at, at home. <laughs> Why don't you guys ask that guy about injury? <laughs> yeah, well, no, let's talk about the offensive line for a second. So Marquise Pouncey missed last year. He should be back this year. And hopefully that's an upgrade. Uh, left tackle still an issue for this offensive line, and there's really there's no depth here. So what happens with this offense? You know, again we've we've already seen injuries to like Le'Veon Bell last year, and as we said, they have suspensions among some of the skill guys. But what happens when the offensive line starts to go down like it did last year? Well, they still have Cody Wallace who can play pretty much any position. Mark Marquise Pouncey. I mean, they gave him a, a big contract a couple years ago, which I wasn't a big fan of. Because, like you said, his injury problems, but at the end of the day, he's still, still a quality player when he is playing. Marcus Gilbert's a, a solid right tackle. And um, Chris Hubbard is a, is a good third stringer. So, I mean, they, they have guys that can move around when needed. Velo Wednesday is an excellent um, left tackle. Oh, I, was, I wouldn't say excellent. He's not, he's not great. But like, like you said, he can play. So they have guys that can you know, s- stick in whatever they can. I think Pro Football Focus last year had him as the second worst left tackle in the NFL. So <laughs> there's somebody worse. Who was worse than him? <laughs> he <doesn't say> that. <laughs> but he gets a lot of playing time. <laughs> that's, not that's good. Then. <laughs> Steelers fan answer for that terrible yeah. ranking. <laughs> well, but I think they replaced. Isn't Ryan Harris supposed to take over left tackle though? Yeah, he's, he's a backup right now. But Vela Wednesday did. They're going to give him every chance in the world to, to start this year, I think. So we'll, we shall see. All right. So let's talk. Obviously, offense isn't really the problem here unless you know you're decimated by injuries. But the Steelers probably have the biggest gap between offense and defense of any team in the NFL right now. So talk to us a little bit about this defense. Last year, it was not particularly good. And tell us why you expect it to improve this year or if you don't. I don't think it's going to improve a whole lot from last year. We still have a lot of young guys that are kind of trying to come into their own. Jarvis Jones is a guy that you know was a number one pick a couple years ago that we're still trying to figure out if he's a, if he's a player or not. Mike Mitchell, free safety. A guy that we got from the Redskins about three or four years ago, I think he's a he's a Pro Bowler. I really do. Um, he was hurt the first year we had him. Last year he was kind of healthier throughout the year, and he's he's an impact player as a free safety. Uh, he kind of took over for Troy Polamalu when he retired. Cameron Hayward, defensive tackle, he's a Pro Bowler. You still have Lawrence Timmons as a as a solid inside linebacker. You know, for the last ten years, you, you know, you can just pencil him in as a as a Pro Bowler. But there's still a lot of young guys like Bud Dupree and um, Stefan Tuitt, the guys that just – we expect a lot of them. Ryan Shazier is another one. It's kind of a, a smaller smaller linebacker that's – I feel like every time I watch a Steelers game, Ryan Shazier misses three tackles. <laughs> yeah, or, or he gets hurt. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. But at the end of the day, he's either going to be a an impact player or he's, he's going to be a bust. He gets a lot of playing time, though. He does, <laughs> especially in the playoffs. <laughs> okay, and then let's and then in the secondary. So William Gay is a decent corner. Who's starting opposite him? I know they took Artie Burns in the first round. Who, at least from what I saw, people thought was a little bit of a reach. And as Akiva likes to say, first round rookie cornerbacks take a while to develop. You know, I know the Vikings last year took Trey Wayne's number eleven overall, and everybody lauded that pick, and he still didn't get on the field much as a rookie. So is it going to be Burns? Who's going to stop teams from throwing the ball over the, all over the field against them? I don't, I don't think any of our corners are going to stop anybody. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really going to be up to that to, to the front seven stop the passing. Um, you got Ross Cockrell. He's gonna he's a right corner, and Doran Grant's a backup to him. But like you said, if 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 those guys don't produce, then we're gonna we're gonna have a rough year. It, it really it really is up to Mike Mitchell to come around and and help those guys out throughout the year. Like, you have uh, Robert Goldman, strong safety going to get a lot of playing time this year he's going to you know he's going to he's going to be a sink or swim type of guy so that's kind of that's kind of what you're going to look at you're going to have a lot of a lot of these guys are going to be plugging in plugging out and just kind of trying to see what happens um and hopefully already brown already burns is going to be the guy that we hopefully is going to produce and uh, you want to quickly uh jim give me your top five Steelers. well we know it's antonio brown Le'Veon bell ben roethlisberger right so who are the other two yeah. is the question well, the other one's suspended, uh, Martavis Bryant. He's out the whole year, isn't he? So He's out the whole year, yeah. And he's a superstar. I really yeah. believe that. Probably four and five are going to be maybe D'Angelo Williams, believe it or not. 30, wow. two, 33-year-old running back. 
But that guy, that guy is a definitely the kind of guy that you know when, when he gets his when he gets his chances out there when he's healthy, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. Timmons, Hayward. I'm not going to go on defense. I'm going to say offense. Oh, okay. I'm going to say Sammy Coates is going to be a kind the of guy receiver? that's really going to step it up this year. <laughs> Look out for him. All righty. It's all skill guys. This is the all fantasy team, the Steelers. Absolutely. All right. So now let's jump to the team that, at least in the regular season, was the class of the division last year. And that is, of course, Zach's Cincinnati Bengals. When I think Cincinnati, I think class all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think classless. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, when Andy Dalton went down last year, at the time that he went down, he was the number one quarterback in the league, according to the the vaunted and much respected Chester quarterback rankings. And he was my leader in the clubhouse for MVP. And, you know, all anybody wants to know about Andy Dalton is can he win in the playoffs? And last year it looked like would be his chance. And, of course, because the injury wasn't. And, and then, you know, we don't have to get into the details of that horrifying Saturday night game. But... Do you think that we're going to get the same Andy Dalton we got for the first, you know, 12 weeks of last season? There's no reason why we wouldn't. I mean, he was playing very consistently throughout the whole year. In the, the one series he played during preseason, he looked pretty much the same, if not, you know, even more together. And then what about, you know, obviously he still has A.J. Green, Tyler mm-hmm. Eifert. He has the two-headed backs, uh, you know, Joe Bernard and Jeremy Hill. But you lost Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu, so that's a lot of targets that walked out the door. You drafted a receiver in the first round. Second but, round. you know, who, who's he going to be throwing the ball to this year? So, yeah, so it's going to be kind of like A.J. Green and then wide receiver by committee. Um, we did uh, pick up Bran LaFell. I know he's a little washed up, but he's a steady guy, kind of like in a fill the Sanu role, just like smooth and steady the whole, uh, the whole time. And then we got, you know, Tyler Boyd is who we drafted in the second round. Uh, he's had a great camp. Uh, he's looked really good. And then uh, just a couple of the guys that we have uh, undrafted free agents are like Alex Erickson, who had a great uh, first preseason game, has looked really good. And um, James Wright, who missed the entire season last year, was looking really promising at the end of the year before. Um, a lot of people think he's like our sleeper number two wide receiver on the team. All right. Well, we'll give you a chance in a few minutes to make the argument whether the Bengals or the Steelers have the better offense. But let's jump to the defense for a second. The Bengals had a really good defense last year, but it strikes me as a defense that's aging they re-signed a lot of their guys, but, you know, it's definitely a defense where most guys seem to be on the downside of their career. Most guys are, you know, in their late 20s or, or even into their 30s. So is there is there a way for this defense to, to maintain a high level, or do you think that they're going to start, slowly start to get a little bit worse? See, I think we're still, like, getting better. Um, they, they've said Geno okay. Atkins has never looked better. Uh, Carlos Dunlap had his best season yet. Uh, Michael Johnson's the only one who kind of, like, digressed. But, I mean, Perfect has barely played, and, they, you know, he's not that old. Um, Adam Jones, you know, there's all those years he didn't play, and he's like very little signs of wear and tear on him. And our cornerbacks are very young. You know, Dre is only in his like fourth year, and Denard is finally going to play uh, the slot now that Leon's gone. And we just drafted William Jackson. I know he's probably done for the year, if not designated to return later in the season. And then at safety, we just lost Reggie, who's a big loss, but he's replaced with um, Sean Williams, who we drafted a few years ago. So we are still getting young. Um, we did just pick up Carlos Dansby, who is kind of old, but are all of our backups uh, linebackers are all, you know, first, second, third year players that are just coming into themselves. Yeah, I mean, Perfect is obviously still a young guy, but how do Cincinnati Bengals fans uh, react to Perfect after what you know the way that that playoff game ended last year? Uh, they, there's very negative. There's very little negativity towards him. They still he's a he's a hometown hero, I guess you could say. We we, we have a lot of <laughs> Jimmy. How do Steelers them. fans react to Monte's uh, Perfect? <laughs> uh, we're looking forward very to week three. <laughs> I'm excited for week he three. Won't play. He's not playing week I three. I think he's, he's suspended. suspended week three. <laughs> Yeah. I thought he was expended the first two games. It's the first four. Yeah. Oh, then week five. Probably better for everybody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, why don't you give us the top five Bengals? Top five Bengals. A.J. Green, Andrew Whitworth, mm-hmm. Dino Atkins, mm-hmm. uh, Vontez Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm struggling with because you, like, you could go like Andy Dalton, our quarterback. Right. So you, have, you haven't said Dalton. And the offensive line also seems pretty stacked. Yeah, our offensive line stacked, and we have like a, our first guy off the bench could start on almost any team. Jeff Fisher, he was a second round pick last year, and then but he was projected to go first round. Hold on, sorry to change the subject, but speaking of Jeff Fisher's, how did the Rams just give Jeff Fisher? Oh, it's an insane! It's maybe the craziest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> it boggles the mind. Is there a single Rams fan? At least wait till that? you go one and zero, and then give them the extension. <laughs> 
Sorry. He hasn't had a winning season since 98. Like, did they do it to get on heart, to like to have a hard knock scene? It makes no sense. <laughs> it, it, it boggles the mind. All right, sorry. He's still getting fired if they go 5-11 and 11 this year. Oh, of course, it's just more money out of the pocket of the owner. It's insane. It makes no sense. I wish my job would be like, we might fire you at the end of the year, but we want to lock you in now for three dollars. years. Yeah. When no one else wants you. Yeah, unbelievable. Sorry, Zach, you were finishing off all the great players on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yeah, so it's hard. And then, you know, I, I don't know. There's Eifert. There, there's just a lot of guys um, that you could put in that fifth spot. I'd probably have to go Eifert at this point. Uh, he's, he's amazing. Yeah, you know, uh, Mike Lombardi, who uh, was one of the worst uh, continuous guests on the Bill Simmons podcast, and then uh, was rewarded and took over the entire Cleveland Browns franchise. <laughs> he always just, he always used to talk about like a blue chippers and red chippers, but I mean, the Bengals seem just to be stacked with them all over the field. Yeah, we, we got a really good homegrown roster. Okay. I guess that's not a question. <laughs> All right, so let's. I'm actually interested for this debate now because I'm really not sure my answer for for any of these. Actually, we're going to ask you guys to tell us who is the best in the division. So let's start with the coach. There's there's two really good coaches in this division. Uh, most people say, although Harbaugh, I don't know, maybe some of the shine is off him after last year. So, Renan, we'll ask you as a neutral observer, who do you think is the best head coach in this division? Well, you know, you got to love that stat. That stat, right? The last eleven coaches in the AFC North have been Cleveland Browns coaches. I mean, that's, that's just incredible. Um, let's see. I can't give it to Marvin Lewis because his team just seems out of control. So it's up to Harbaugh and Tomlin. They both won Super Bowls, right? Yeah, so, if the Browns were hiring one of them tomorrow, who would you rather it be? Yeah, I'd go with Tomlin. Just seems like more of a player's coach. Players really like playing for him. Potash, what about you? Who do you think the best coach is in this division? I actually like Tomlin, too. All right. Uh, Jimmy? It's Tomlin, but I, I gotta be honest. I, I do like Harbaugh. I think he's a good coach. But at the end of the day, you gotta love Tomlin. He's got you know three Super Bowl. No, I'm sorry, two Super Bowl appearances. What about you, Zach? Are you gonna try and make an argument for Marvin Lewis, or are you gonna say it's either Harbaugh or Tomlin? I'm scared of Harbaugh because I think he likes Trump. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, uh, there's not gonna be a Marvin Lewis argument for me. But I do think he's underrated <laughs> from a lot of people. If I, I think he's a Tomlin's good a better coach, but I'd pick, I'd pick, I'd pick Harbaugh to coach my team. Kiva, what do you think, by the way, between Harbaugh and Tomlin? I mean, I love Harbaugh and Tomlin. Um, <laughs> Don't I, I make me choose. I, <laughs> no, I, I think from Monday to Saturday, Tomlin's definitely the best coach in the NFL. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his in-game decision-making, it's not Andy Reid-esque, but it's definitely he struggles. Yeah, it's not great. He's, he's yeah. mediocre. I'll say he's mediocre. I don't think he's terrible. Yeah, but he, but he's you know good he, enough. he's very good. Gu- he's aggressive. I like aggressive. Yeah, coaches. the going for yeah, that's not the problem. The problem is some of his you know timeouts and challenges, clock management. Yeah, really. but I mean, coaches could go two years without having a timeout. Really yeah, look, the Steelers, the Steelers going for it on every single two point conversion as Ben Roethlisberger has said he wants to do. It, you know, this is the offense that should do it, and it would be awesome. Yeah, let's not sleep on. Hugh I like Jackson. Harbaugh. I like Harbaugh a tiny bit more as a game manager, but you could talk me into Tomlin, and I'd be fine. But Marvin Lewis, I, whoever the Browns coach is today, I still Hugh, take him. Hugh, hey, Hugh works right, for Oh, wow. Hugh All right. Um, let's not sleep Yeah, people on do Jackson. like Hugh Jackson. Yeah, l- let's see him win uh, eight games first. Best QB, is there an argument th- that it's Dalton, or is, does everybody say it's Roethlisberger? Zach? I don't know. Last year, I would have been Roethlisberger 100%, but... No, it's Roethlisberger. Guys. Well, statistically, Dalton was better last year, and Roethlisberger had a fantastic year. But Dalton was just insane. And look, you know, Dalton had all kinds of weapons all over the field. But you know, that's true. Yeah, he's all day to throw. Also, yeah, Art Flacco. So I mean, he can still have all day to throw and still not do well. And he still did well with what he what he was given. And he, you couldn't have done much better. All right, so Zach, who has the best offense in this division? The Steelers or the Bengals? I, I think it, I think it's the Bengals. I think our I think. Position-wise, they might have better, like, Antonio Brown's probably better than AJ right now. Le'Veon Bell is better than Gio and Jeremy, but together they're a pretty good duo, but then you have D'Angelo Williams. But when you throw in our offensive line and Eifert, it's like you were just saying, Andy has time to throw to all these guys. Andy has time to let our the gaps, I mean, Jeremy and Gio have time to let the gaps open up for them to run through. There's just the offensive line, I think, is the difference. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers obviously have more skill position by a little bit. But, yeah, the offensive line is a big gap. Well, let's go to the, the non-bias observers because, Jim, I assume you're going to say it's the Steelers, right? It's Steelers. All right, uh, Potash, <laughs> what do you, who do you think is the best offense in the division? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I think you can see a surprise from these guys. I really don't, I don't see, like, an obvious. So the Bengals, they have Eifert and A.J. Green. They're amazing. Uh, Steelers have Antonio Brown, best player in the league. Ravens could dazzle you with all their running backs. 
you know, <laughs> RG3 could absolutely explode. All right, I mean, okay, you've jumped the shark. <laughs> Renan, what about you? Are you gonna? Who do you think has the best offense? While we're while we're jumping sharks, Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, <laughs> Terrell Pryor, Gary Barnage, catching Gary Barnage, pass, fantasy hero last year. Catch, yeah, catching passes from Robert Griffin. And it's going to be a fun offense to watch. Not the best in the division, but it's definitely, definitely a step above previous years. All right, but who do you think is better, Cincinnati's or Pittsburgh's overall? You've got to go with the team with both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. All right. And who has the best defense in this division, Renan? Oh, my God. I, I can I – can, this Browns defense. You know what? I didn't realize Dansby signed with Cincinnati. I guess they, they figured, you know, if they were going to be 3-13 and or 4-12 and last year with big names – might as well do the same with no names. They've, besides for Joe Hayden, they've really got nobody. So they're secondary. Teams are going to be throwing all over that secondary. Um, Joe Hayden's going to be out there by himself. Um, <laughs> the question so. was best. <laughs> yeah. So so who's is it? It's, it's not it's not Cleveland. It's Cleveland is terrible. I'll tell you that. <laughs> who's got the be- Who's got the best defense in the division? Yep. I don't know. Point. I how the how's. You guys tell me, how's the Ravens' D? They historically have good defenses. All right, Potash, you tell us who has the best uh, <laughs> defense in this division. Um, I would have to go with the Ravens, actually, on that one. Ah, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, I think they're going to be very good. I mean, the, the secondary is still a problem. But who, who else has stockpiled so many linebackers, uh, so much defensive line? I think they're going to do well. And, Zach, I assume you're going to say it's the Bengals? With the best defense? Yeah, I don't. I don't even. I think offense. You can make an argument for Pittsburgh. I don't know how you could not make the the argument for the Bengals. Defense. All right. It's so, so Jimmy, you're the tiebreaker here. Who has the best defense in the division? Well, <laughs> Steelers have definitely committed to you know drafting for the defense the last couple of years, but today I'm going to still say the Bengals. I mean, they just they just have a lot of talented people on defense, and I'm going to give them that. All right. Akiva, back by unpopular demand, the uh, roster game? Yeah, I think people have demanded we stop doing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, please. <laughs> okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, we'll do it uh, quickly. I'm just going to ask each person one, about one semi-anonymous player on their team. You tell me everything you know about that player, uh, or if you've never heard of him, and you get exposed as a casual. Or Akiva gets exposed for his uh, <laughs> long-running segment. I'll save you the trouble. No, no Googling, guys. There's no cheating. I didn't think we had any cheating last year, and this year I feel like there's been a lot of it so far. Dude, there's been an election and Olympics to worry about, okay? Not... Not all of us are so up to date. <laughs> You're telling me. Okay, let's start with the Ravens. Talk to me about Zadarius Smith. So Zadarius Smith <laughs> uh, is the guy who's going to replace... Uh, shit, who's the guy he replaced? <laughs> uh, the guy who just left, who is amazing. The line, <laughs> totally blanking on his name. But he's the next guy up. Ray you Lewis. The Ravens, the right? They, they have their guys... They over outperform expectations. Wait, what position is he? Outside linebacker. Yeah. Oh. Oh, sorry. They. I should have made. I should have made. <laughs> I said outside. Right. Ravens. They have a guy comes up. He overperforms expectations. Someone pays him a ton of money, and then they have the next guy up. Uh, Zadarius Smith is the next guy up. You're all gonna know his name next year. How do the, how do the players who get the because the a lot of ex Ravens do sign big contracts elsewhere. People like that. You know the players that come from that system. How do they usually do outside of the uh, Baltimore system? Not great, not great. And ask the Browns guy; they're usually on the receiving end. All right, Zach, who's Marcus Hardison? Marcus Hardison. We drafted him last year. Um, I think with the fourth round pick. He's a defensive end, defensive tackle hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll. By hybrid, generally means you have team. no position. <laughs> no, but he actually can play both. It's it's kind of one of those situations. He'll be. A lot of times, rushing on the like on nickel uh, downs or like third third and longs. Okay. Uh, he didn't play last year, um, but it, you know we kind of we we do that with the Bengals. We like redshirt a lot, a lot of, players, of depth. Like, you could do that. Yeah, and so he he's would, like the tenth guy on the defensive line. He would have been the captain of the Browns. So he'll make it. He could be. Um, he actually had a great first I'll preseason game. Had a really nice play. Uh, blew up the offensive line. Uh, he's gonna. He might be a name that you'll you'll know about in a, a year or so. 
All right. Um, friend or I guess family member of Grashen, uh, Ranan. Uh, your guy, your guy is uh, Chibo Anubi. Who? C H I G B O Anubi. Chibo Anubi. How many Browns players can most Browns fans' name? Let's right. be fair. Ooh, uh, you know, that... to be fair, uh, you know, I'm an old man with bad eyes. It's Anunobi. Is that does that help you a little bit? Oh, it's problem solved. You know, you know, of course. He's, he's the defensive lineman. Right, do, you, do you want a different player? Did you say who's Connor Hamlet? <laughs> Connor Hamlet. Cheapo Wait, who the first guy? Is he an offensive all right, lineman? All right, or Niall Lawrence Stample. <laughs> Come on. Who's Robert Griffin? Oh my goodness. They, Robert they, Griffin. I I I. You got you didn't, you didn't say that you you were going to be naming practice squad guys. I don't know. These Listen, guys, these, these are this is good. these are your three best players. <laughs> these are these, three these starters are, for your team, probably. These these guys are not starters. I don't know where you get these names from. This is this is like this is like Bart Simpson calling Moe's right now. I don't know where you know they had the uh, four hundred <laughs> meter the hurdles today in the Olympics. I know that's why we're that's why we started so late, right? You guys can watch those. <laughs> Robert Griffin III, a uh, former uh, semifinalist in the U.S. Nationals. He, he could have made the Olympics as a 400-meter hurdler. Oh, Probably wow. would have been better at I hurdles than quarterback. You know what? Did the, did the Steelers have a guy in the Olympics? No, well, the Patriots had a rugby player. Uh, the Bills have the, the best long jumper in the world, but he didn't make the Olympics. Marquise the Goldwyn. Lions had a guy, Javid Best. Well, Javid Best hasn't been in the league for years. But, yeah, I mean, but that's – the Javid Best was a, was a pity invite, like – you could have, you know, St. Lucia just had a spot in the Olympics and they offered it to Job at best. And, I mean, 10, <laughs> 10.34 is like a very good time, but everyone in the NFL could run a 10.34. If, you know, he was available to. Months. Yeah, he, he like it's a, it's a sport that concussions don't really uh, have effect, you know, like an impact on. So you could run it. All right. So we, we don't have much luck with Ranan uh, and the anonymous <laughs> Bengals roster. So guys, last I'm one left. The, I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart. I don't see any of these guys. Your name. <laughs> <laughs> last one left is uh, uh, the Steelers. Who is Levon okay. Hooks, Jim? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to be you honest don't know, with it's you. Okay. He's a defensive tackle. Hey, I was the only one who knew the player. Who is? Uh, He's number six. Who's Will I mean, Monday? Okay. These are guys that don't make it past the first episode of Hard Knocks that you're naming. No, <laughs> no that's how the, the first episode ends with them getting cut. This guy, who's Will, Will Monday? Monday Jim? I, I do know who he is. He's a he has a shot to be the punter. Yeah, he's the punter. Yeah, he always has the punter. It's <laughs> easy. Yeah, I don't know if he'll make it though. All right, Chester, you want to go to the schedule? Yeah, so let's go to the schedule. So if you guys have been listening this year, you know that we're not doing it like last year where we ask each person to pick his own schedule. We're having one of your rivals pick. I'm having a tough time figuring out who should do who in this division. I feel like the Bengals and Steelers cannot do each other because there's just too much bad blood uh, after what happened last year in that playoff game. But I don't really know. It's not like Ravens fans you know, and Browns fans don't hate the Steelers also. As Akiva said, everybody seems to hate each other in this division. We'll start with the Browns. That's an easy one. Zach, how about if, uh, if you do the Browns schedule? Can you do that? Oh, and 16. <laughs> All right. Well, then maybe it'll be quick and easy. <laughs> there's a win. Right, there's, okay, a, so, there's a win in there. I'm sure we played okay, Buffalo so at point. W- week one, and I'm looking at the schedule. This is every single game for the Browns is a 1 p.m. game on Fox or CBS <laughs> other than the uh, required Thursday night game the against the Ravens. Thurs- and even Thursday night NFL Network. NFL Network called themselves the league office and be like, can we get someone else twice and not have to have the Browns on Thursday? <laughs> well, but that game had a great ending last year, right? Pick six. With the, with the, yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's get the let's best run. home videos of all time. Some all right. So let's run through this quickly. The Factory of Sadness. Week one, they're going on the road at Philadelphia. I'll give them that yes. one. Oh, wow. I'll give, I'll give them that, <laughs> that one. On the Philly. road at Philly, uh, the Sanchez. All right. Uh, week two, they come home. They face the Ravens. Lost. All right. Uh, week three at Miami. They're going to lose. Week four at Washington. Uh, lost. Week five <laughs> at home against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yeah, not a chance. Week six at Tennessee. <laughs> I'll give them their second. Oh, win. another road win. Uh, two and two on the road. Good start for the Browns. Uh, they haven't won at home yet though. Uh, week seven at Cincinnati. They're gonna lose. Week eight at home against the Jets. Lose. Week nine at home against the Cowboys. 
They're gonna lose. Then, as we said, short rest week ten at, Balt- at Baltimore. Um, they're gonna lose to Baltimore. Okay. Uh, then um, week eleven at home against the Steelers on ten days rest. They're gonna lose to the Steelers. All right, and then week twelve at home against the Giants. There's their first home win. Okay, so three and nine, and then a very late bye for the Browns, and then they finish off in December at home against the Bengals coming off the bye. Lose. And then at Buffalo. There it is. They're gonna lose. And then at home against San Diego. San Diego. They're gonna lose to San Diego. All right, and then (laughs) three and twelve with nothing to play for. They play at Pittsburgh in week seventeen. There's a draft pick to lose for. It depends if Pittsburgh has anything to play for or not. Um, They're gonna lose. Yeah. So Renan, how do you feel? (laughs) I was being nice. Renan, how do you feel about three and thirteen? Three and thirteen sounds about right. Okay, so Renan, we will have you uh, do the Steelers schedule now. How about that? Let's do it. Okay, so week one they start Monday Night Football. The early Monday night game at Washington. Ooh, on the road, Monday night. They're going to lose that one without Le'Veon Bell. Okay, then they come home, and they're facing the Bengals. They bounce, oh, they'll bounce back and win that game. One and one. Week three at Philadelphia. Win. Two and one, and then at home, Sunday night football against Kansas City. Oh, they, they should take that. That's a All win. Right, three and one, then, then they face the Jets at home in week five. They should win that. Look at this. All right, and then uh, week six at Miami. That's going to be a loss. Oh, wow. So they lose to Miami, and then in week seven, they... You know, they'll be on a hot streak. They'll go on the road to Miami, and that'll be one of those unexpected losses. All right, and then they come home to face the Patriots in week seven. Tough. you got to give that one to the Patriots. All right, so four and three before the bye. They come out of the bye at the Ravens. It's a loss. All right, four and four. Then they come home and face the Cowboys. Oh, that's a big win for the Steelers. That's a great game. (laughs) <laughs> all right, uh, then, then they come to Cleveland to face your Browns. Well, we all know how that's going to end. That's 6-4 and four for the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then short rest on three days rest. They face a Thursday night game at Indianapolis and Andrew Luck. On three days rest? Is that even allowed? That's a loss. Well, from Sunday to Thursday, four, whatever it is, four wow. days rest. All right, 6-5. <laughs> and five. Then they come home and face the Giants on a Sunday night or on a Sunday afternoon. Wow, I love AFC North versus uh, NFC. What is, that? is that the NFC East? East. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's, that's the, great matchup. The most hated teams. Yeah. So he says that Steelers at home against the Giants, that's a win. At home, yeah. Okay, so 7-5. and five. Then they go uh, at Buffalo in week 14. That's a win. Oh, in Buffalo they win eight and five, and then at Cincinnati on Sunday Night Football in Week 15. That's a and loss. this one, perfect, will be playing. Yeah, All right, eight and six. Mm-hmm. Then they face uh, on Christmas Day. As we said, most of the teams are playing Christmas Eve, but there is a Sunday Night Football game, and then for some reason, the NFL Network is showing Baltimore and Pittsburgh at 4:30 p.m. on Christmas Day. Where's that game? That's in Pittsburgh. Okay, so I think I give Baltimore the first one, so Pittsburgh get the next one. Okay, so nine and six, and then they finish the season at home against your Browns. Oh, ten and six. There you go. <laughs> Not a bad season. All right, uh, Jimmy, how do you feel about that? Uh, he's a couple games off. They should be twelve and four next year. This year, <laughs> it's a lot of confidence. You said your defense can't stop anybody. Well, nobody can stop our offense. So it works out. Well, first four. <laughs> all right, okay, so. All right, so we'll give you a chance now. Uh, you, we're going to give you the Ravens schedule. So the Ravens okay. looking for a bounce back after, a, obviously, a very disappointing season. Week one at home against the Bills. I like the Ravens in that game. All right, uh, week two at Cleveland. I'm going to take the Browns in that game, believe it or not. All right, and then week three at Jacksonville. The Ravens. No respect for the Jacksonville. All right, week four at home against the Raiders. Baltimore because the Raiders don't travel well. And then week five at home against Washington. The Ravens. Wow, so 4-12 and 12 last year, and this year they start the season 4-1. and one. Then the next two games they play in the same stadium at the Giants and at the Jets. They're going to lose to the Giants, beat the Jets. Okay, so 5-2 five five and five and headed into the bye. So the Ravens seem to have turned things around a little bit. Then they face the Steelers at home. Steelers win. They're going to they're gonna beat them on the road. It's going to be a low-scoring game. All right, so 5-3. and three. And then the first game of the year that they play not at 1 o'clock is on Thursday night in Week 10 at home against the Browns. They're going to beat the Browns. All right, six and three. Then they go at the Cowboys the next week. Lose. And then they face the Bengals at home the next week. Lose. Mm. All right, and then they face the Dolphins at home the next week after that. They're going to win that game. Seven and five headed into the stretch run, which is very difficult. Three, you know, road games against three of the best teams in the league in the AFC. The first one on Monday Night Football at the Patriots. I think this is when the injuries are going to start cropping up, so they're going to lose to the Patriots. They come home for a slight reprieve against the Eagles. I'll take Baltimore in that game. I, don't, I have no idea what, what the Eagles look like this year. 
All right, so that's eight and six, and then you have a game that's going to be a national TV game, as we said, on Christmas against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. We rarely sweep the Baltimore Ravens. I already have them winning on the road, so I'm going to have them winning in Pittsburgh. Wow, so nine and six, and then week 17, they're faced at Cincinnati in a game they probably need to win to make the playoffs. Yeah, they need to win that game, and they're going to lose, so they'll go nine and seven and miss the playoffs. All right, but nine and seven would be a massive improvement from last year. Uh, Michael, how would you feel if the Ravens went nine and seven this year? Well, first of all, I love that guy's accent. I feel like if I had that accent, I would be more legit as a Baltimore fan. <laughs> yeah, I like how he said Baltimore. Baltimore. You know, I, I have to say Baltimore would win. Thanks. I, act, I actually think it's a better team than last year. And last year, everybody was rolling around the room saying 10 and 6, 10 and 6. I, you know, I think 9 and seven's within that standard deviation side. So you know, I think it's fine. Okay, and now we're going to ask you to do the uh, Bengals and see if uh, if they can top that 10-6 and six that we have for the Steelers and that 9-7 and seven we have for the Ravens and win the division yet again. So they start on the road this year at the Jets. Uh, they beat the Jets. And then the next week, still on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, they lose to Pittsburgh. All right, then they come home finally, 1-1, one and one, and they face the defending Super Bowl champion Broncos. They beat the Bronx. 2-1, and one, and then short rest Thursday night game at home against the Dolphins. Beat the Dolphins. All right, then they face the Cowboys in Dallas the next week. Beat the Cowboys. All right, and then they go at the Patriots in week six. Lose Tom Brady's to the second Patriots. Game. All right, so they're four and two, and then they come home, face the Browns. I mean, Browns at home. They're going to take yep. that one. <laughs> and, then they face, and then they face Washington at 930 in the morning. I assume this game's in London. Who knows once you get to London. I take the Redskins in that one. Oh, wow. Since he does not travel it's well. It's like the Twilight Zone. Uh, yeah, all right. So they, that makes them a five and three. They get the bye on the way back from London, and then Monday Night Football. They're at the Giants. Uh, beat the Giants. Beat the Bills. Okay. Lose to the Ravens. Okay. And then they face the Eagles at home in Week Thirteen. Beat the Eagles. Eight and four, and then at Cleveland. In a nail biter, they win. All right, nine and four, and then they face the Steelers at home on uh, Sunday Night Football. They're gonna they're gonna take that one. They split it with the Steelers. All right, so that makes them ten and four, and they go into Houston on Christmas Eve, a night game on the NFL Network. They could uh, clinch the division if they win in Houston. They'll take that one. Oh, wow. So 11-4, and, and then the they come home and face the Ravens. They lose to the Ravens, and the Ravens pop into the playoffs. Okay, so, so <laughs> the Bengals at 11-5, and five, uh, but taking the division. Zach, how do you feel about that? I'd be okay with 11-5. and five. I, think, I think we're more of a 12-14 and 14 <laughs> this year, maybe 13-3. and three. But no, I'd be fine with 11-5 winning the division. Winner! Winner! <laughs> All right, so let's end the way we've been doing so far this year. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. (laughs) Renan, obviously you have a lot to complain about as a Browns fan, but tell me, what's the thing that you hate the most about this 2016 Cleveland Browns team? No offensive line. I mean, if you're going to get Robert Griffin, at least resign your lineman and have someone to protect him. The problem is that they lost their – I mean, they still have Joe Thomas, but they lost Alex Mack. They lost another starting lineman. Um, I don't even know if Griffin's going to make it to week one. So the uh, the offensive line is going to be the downfall of this team, not to mention every other position, but the defense also. <laughs> but look, if we, look, look, you know what? The Browns could surprise people. They've got a lot of pieces on defense. I mean, on offense. I'm sorry. If especially if what, Gordon um, comes back. you got Griffin and Gordon. Barnage was good last year. Corey Coleman, the rookie. You know, they could, they, they could really score some points. Who are you looking at as the uh, first-round draft pick next year? Oh, my God. Can you imagine if we got Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, both Browns and Eagles picks? Unbelievable. <laughs> well, you know, that's, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> if, if, if it doesn't work this year, we'll grab a quarterback. That'd be sick. We'll, we'll grab a quarterback. Last time you took year. a running back at the top of the first round, it didn't work so well. He had a decent rookie season, and then you actually made a decent trade. But where, where is he? Is he even in the league at this point? Or? Who, T. Rich? Nope. Yeah. He's out. That's that's that sucks. <laughs> and then, hey, Joe, give give a Joe Banner credit though for trading him. Now the Browns went the Browns went and wasted that pick. Yeah, the fact that he managed to pull well, that's because Grigson and the Colts are like the most incompetent. Andrew Luck is has the most uphill battle I think in football because his entire team is incompetent around him. All right, uh, <laughs> what about you, Mike? Uh, what's the thing that uh, you hate the most about this 2016 Ravens? I would say the thing I hate the most is that Denna Pitta is going to try and play again. And if that guy dislocates his hip for the third time, that is just going to be the most depressing thing I could imagine. I mean, that's a terrible injury. It means terrible things for his health down the road. Uh, it's just tough seeing a guy who's worked so hard have to go through another injury like that. And uh, I just I'm sort of anticipating it. All right. What about you, Jimmy? What do you hate about the 2016 Steelers? I think it's pretty, pretty simple as the drug suspensions. Um, 
losing Martavis Bryant for the whole season was a blow. And then you lose uh, Le'Veon Bell for four games, you know, which came out of left field, uh, even though it is his second offense. So, you know, just, just having those two guys not playing the first four weeks in all season, just it's a real killer. Because we had a lot of high expectations this season. Uh, and, uh, a lot of people are talking uh, Super Bowl bound and, you know, at least the AFC Championship game. So not having those two guys is going to be a real killer this year. All right, and what about you, Zach? Probably the public. Um, <laughs> the public. Constant reminders of how we haven't won a playoff game in years and how we're not. Everybody's going to pick us to lose. Like some guy on NFL Network just thought we were going to win five games this season. Just the constant under, you know, I guess it's a good thing, the underdog story, but that like we can't win on uh, Sunday Night Football. It's just like a new story, new new headline wait, already. And Wait, somebody picked this Bengals team to go 5-11 and 11 this year? Yeah. Wow, that's a hot take. That's a spicy caliente. Wow. Yeah. Who was that? I was some guy on NFL Network. <laughs> All right. Deion He's Sanders. Not, <laughs> no, it was not Deion. Can, can you give us our fearless prediction? Is Andy Dalton going to be the winning quarterback in a playoff game this year? No. Please. Please. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think that we have higher aspirations than a one playoff win this season. So hopefully, if we th- hopefully we're thinking bigger that that first game won't be a big deal. Jimmy, you don't think so? Nah, no. Nah, I, I would I would bet the uh, whatever's in my wallet on that. <laughs> the guy's really dedicated to losing those playoffs, man. I mean, he. I've never seen somebody so dedicated. I mean, two years ago, our entire team was decimated, but him. And last year, our entire team was there except for him. So. And AJ McCarron's still the backup, right? Yeah, AJ still. I mean, he just scored a touchdown for the first time a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, he did. So it's been a long journey. Hopefully this year we can finally put the primetime games to rest and the playoff drought to rest. We have the team. It's it, we were good enough. Like last year we didn't the Steelers didn't beat us in the playoffs. We like handed them the game. So hopefully we don't do that this year and then it won't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not, that's why I'm a fan of Burfitt cuz he definitely took us to Denver. No doubt about it. We literally were like yeah, we're winning the game and then we're just like here take the ball back and then we'll give you 30 yards. <laughs> And Joey Porter for getting that, uh, going out in the field and someone took a swing at him. That was nice. Yeah, Pac-Man. Adam. Adam <laughs> yeah, Jones. Pac-Man Jones, yeah. He's not Pac-Man anymore. He's matured. That was so depressing, that game. I know. That was like, that was like one of my like, all-time like, high moments, followed by the, one, like, the lowest moment. By the way, Zach, you will remember I did tell you Saturday night, uh, after the, I tweeted at you after that terrible loss. I said, don't worry, the Vikings will find a worse way to lose tomorrow. And they did, so... <laughs> Worse? I yeah, don't know about no, worse. No. Come I mean, on, man. You, you, you miss a 20-yard field goal to win the game? A 20-yard field goal? You fumble the ball and you give him 30 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Vikings loss was shocking. No doubt. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Zach, our Bengals fan, you can be found on Twitter at Z-S-O-S-N-A. Jimmy, you're at Jim68MY. Is that correct? Correct. Michael, you're M-Potish. That's M-P-O-T-T-A-S-H. Yep. And Renan, you're Renonymous, R-A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. Did I get that right? All right. Okay, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, Akiva, finish packing. (laughs) And we will be back in four days with the only division that probably is even more hated than this one, and that's a spoiler alert, because we're supposed to be surprising people with our divisions. But I think uh, by process of elimination, we can figure out who's next. So thanks, guys, so much for joining us. Good luck, uh, guys. Thank you. Good luck this year. Good luck. Bye-bye.